0: to another episode of the LBC Podcast, where we explore Christian theology and practice for the building up of God's family. My name is John. I'm the worship director here at LBC, and I am here with two very special guests. We have Pastor Dave. Hi, John. And Pastor Eric. Hello. Hey, we are coming to you guys uh, over audio and video if you want to head over to our YouTube page. This is a very special episode that we are videoing because... We're going to have maybe some maps and some graphs and things that might help in this conversation. Uh, We are going to be tackling the tough topic of what's going on in Israel at the current present moment. Um, We've watched a lot of really horrible things unfold over the news over this past week. Um, Really tragic events when we see uh, just the, the vicious attacks from Hamas, which is a terrorist group residing in the Gaza Strip right there in the heart kind of, of Israel itself. Um, we've seen lots of atrocities play out. We've seen lots of just really, really horrible things happening. And, you know, anytime anything ever happens in Israel, anytime anything, especially this magnitude, yeah. takes place where we're on the verge of potentially even a bigger conflict and a bigger war, we don't know what's to come. Um, a lot of questions come up in the church. A lot of questions come up from believers and unbelievers as well. Um, what are we to make of all of this, uh, you know, why does Israel matter so much? Every time something happens in Israel, it seems like the church is all over it. Um, mm-hmm. Why does this matter so much? Does God even care about Israel anymore? These are some of the topics that we're going to be covering um, to hopefully help calm those of you who are really restless at the moment of wondering, is this the end of the world? And uh, also to help those of us who are just looking for something to do. Maybe that's, maybe that's your question right now as you're listening to this is, man, what how, what's my biblical response to this? Um, that's really what we're here to do. We're here to open up God's word and to see what exactly God has to say to us about the nation of Israel, um, about end times, about uh, you know what potentially we're looking at today and how we respond as believers in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So um, I know, Pastor Eric, this is really near and dear to your heart. Pastor yes. Dave, this is very near and dear to your heart. Uh, both of you have been to Israel, I think mm-hmm. multiple times now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, Pastor Dave, you've got you're currently teaching a class on eschatology on end yes, times. Yeah. That's happening right now on Sunday mornings. Which yes. people
1: should go to. Yeah. He's covering so many, and I think uh, people are blessed that he's giving them real-time answers from the Scripture yeah. as things are unfolding, and I uh, just heard great comments. So I highly encourage everyone to go.
0: Yeah, and it, probably after this episode, you might be getting a huge influx of folks. So yeah, We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Yeah. We'll when,
1: when is that, Pastor Dave, and what room?
2: Um, it's in room 105, A105, after the first service. Um, so come out and just turn, right, take a left, and you'll be there. Uh, we're just probing all the signs from the Old Testament to the New. Um, it's one of those issues that God wants us to be aware of. And mm-hmm. I think I was telling you earlier, John, that I posed the question to my class, Why do we need to know this if we're not going to be here? Mm. And the reality is, God's word is from Genesis to Revelation. He's got a complete plan, and so we see God's sovereignty through this—that He's got things going on, and it centers around this nation of Israel. Yeah. So that's what we're going to try and talk about today because it's amazing what's going on in the land.
0: And it's 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 always the heart of the I know the pastors and leadership here at LBC, and that's part of the reason for this podcast. Is we always want to be thinking biblically about the issues going on in our world today, mm-hmm. absolutely, and, and the things that things that we're facing. We don't want to just make all of our decisions and our actions based on the news or based on one person's opinion. We need to always come back to the truth, the truth, of God's word, and what it says to us, so that we can think biblically through these
1: issues. Yes.
0: Okay. Well, why don't we why don't we dive in here? Because you know this is this is a question that I've seen on social media quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of questions. Uh, or sorry, a lot of Christians are wrestling with this question of, you know, as a Christian here in the West, as a Christian in America, why really should I care about the nation of Israel and what happens in the Middle East? I mean, the nation of Israel rejected the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not Christians. They don't belong to the church, so to speak, as we as we see it. Why should we care so much about what's going on?
1: Yeah, that, that's a great question. I think the quick and easy answer is because God cares, you yeah. know. Um, and, but that's not, that's not something we deduce just because God's good and God's loving, like God's word actually talks about this, you know, and it's not arbitrary. And when, you know, when you start in, in Genesis, you see, uh, that God has a plan, you know, from Genesis three to overcome the serpent through the Mm -hmm. seed of the woman, um, being Jesus later, uh, and that it would unfold through a bloodline, through, um, a nation, And so you start in Genesis chapter 12, when God goes to Abraham and he says, through you, I'm going to make a great nation, right? Mm -hmm. Verse one. And then through that nation will bless, uh, be be a blessing to all the nations. Then you look over in Galatians chapter three, uh, verses eight and nine, and you see that it says that beforehand that God preached the gospel to Abraham. And that that message would go to the nations. And so through Abraham, they're to go to the ends of the earth because you got to think Genesis chapter 11, Tower of Babel, you have all these different language groups now developed. Mm -hmm. And so how are they going to find out that there is a holy God that you've sinned against and you can only be made right with him through his son, Jesus? Well, through the nation of Israel, that was Mm -hmm. God's desire that Israel would be a light to the nation. So through Abraham, so you have this story taking place and what's interesting is Abraham doesn't have a son. He has no children. He's old. So God picks an old man with no children and he says through you I'm going to now bless the nations, which yep. is a new concept because you just had Tower of Babel, right? And so God sets that plan up, but God also makes it clear, you know, in Deuteronomy chapter 7 I didn't pick Israel because they were mighty and strong Mm -hmm. or smart. Uh, It's because they were weak and they would be dependent. And he says, I will be your God and you will be my people. And so just for whatever reason, that was God's plan. And so we trust that God had a plan. He's working his plan. He's going to keep his plan. And so Israel is a part of that. And so we uphold that as a part of God's plan. So,
0: So there are some people, though, who would say, um, Israel had their shot, right Jesus comes, gets rejected by Israel, obviously they crucified him. yep um, you know you have uh, people who who would say you know that we as as the Church of Jesus Christ are now the people of God, yep, um, some people will call this replacement theology, right you know yes. that that we've replaced Israel, the church has is that true?
1: I think the quick answer is no
0: <laughs> no.
2: <laughs>
1: no,
0: yeah,
2: let me add something to that question on that first part when sure. you said. Israel rejected, not all Jews rejected Christ, but you got to think the church in Acts was started by Jews. True. So yeah. we have a group. Sometimes that question gets construed that the Jews, no, a group of people crucified Christ. And, I mean, you look at the apostles, they're all Jews. Hmm. And the church went from ragtag group to a million within a couple of years um, based on. Yeah, that's these, a good point. Yeah, so I just want to bring that out. The other thing is. Um, well, you can go on with the replacement theology. That's always a good
1: Well, yeah, I think subject. people maybe get confused sometimes that um, not every Jew uh, rejects Christ, right? So that the yeah. disciples were Jews that uh, believed in Jesus as the Messiah. So when you think of Jews in Israel, there are some that would consider themselves agnostic Jews, some would consider themselves atheistic, and some of them would be um, practicing Jews, but Uh, Orthodox or Hasidic or, you know, there's different branches Mm -hmm. even then. So, you know, some of them would believe in the Old Testament and that the Messiah is still to come. They haven't seen him and they eagerly await him. So it it can be a a question where people lump a lot of things together Mm -hmm. and oversimplify it. And so I think the reality is, Without the grace of God, we all reject Jesus. Amen. That's right? true. And so, yeah. um, to place one group as more evil than another, I think, is at the heart of that uh, what I would call a category mistake. You know, but Paul deals with this uh, as early as in in Romans chapter 9, 10, and eleven, uh, that that you kind of have the Gentiles being haughty. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not the ones who put them on the cross, and you know, the Jews are are essentially not as good as us Gentiles who put our faith in, mm-hmm. you know, we're the church. So you see this superiority complex kind of rise even back then. Um, and, and it starts and, and Paul just does this great job, Romans 9 through 11, just leveling the playing field and saying, look, you know, God started with Israel. Without them, you know, they were given the law. They were yeah. given the prophets. Without them, it doesn't reach you, right? And so... Yeah even though there's an, an unfaithfulness them in a heart and heart, um, you're to not think you're better than them. And, and so I, I think you just, it's important you read through that. Um, like I'll read eleven two now it says, God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Mm. Do you not know that the scripture says of Elijah, uh, how he appeals to God against Israel? Lord, they have killed your prophets. They have demolished your altars and I alone am left and they seek my life. Verse 4, but what is God's reply to him? I have kept for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. And and so verse 5, so that this present time there's a remnant chosen by grace. And and so he, you know, kind of says, you know, there's always been a group. God Hmm. has preserved Israel. And you keep working through uh, chapter 11 is that he says, you know, they've been broken off but they'll be grafted back in. Mm. And so and it says that the church will play a role in that in 1111, that through the church that they will bring jealousy to, the, to <laughs> Israel, right? And Israel will come to repentance and be grafted back in. And so if God didn't cut off us, the branches, why would he, you know, throw away the natural branches, the yeah. original branches? So, um, you know, Romans 11 really does a good job showing that, that Israel still plays a role. You know, God made a promise to them. And he'll keep that promise. He made a land promise. He made a mm. kingdom promise. And when you're in Israel and you talk, they get very passionate about this. And, and they'll ask the question, you know, if God's not going to keep his promise to us, why would he keep his promise to you, the church? Mm, that's mm-hmm. a good point. And that's a really good point. And, that's and a so great point. It is a great point. And I think I've found, um, man, you, you can go a long way with the Jew and you say, you know what, I, I believe God's going to keep his promise. I think what you're missing is that part of that promise has been kept through jesus Mm -hmm. we agree about the land we agree that there's going to be a kingdom but where we disagree is that the messiah hasn't come yet Mm -hmm. right so i believe that jesus did come in the form of a servant and a savior and he'll come back and rule and reign and keep that promise and so uh, you know there's a lot said there but i think that you know mention
2: messianic believers what is that because that's something that you know you're bringing this up not all jews right don't believe so there's a group mm,
1: there are some jews that do believe jesus is the messiah and that jesus will come back and so there's different levels to this and it's important you know and a lot of anti-semitism was promoted through the church because they took kind of the position of the gentiles and romans that yeah they rejected god not us they rejected messiah they crucified christ not us and it's like whoa no no no, our sin put him there (laughs) too and messianic Jews recognize that Christ did come mm-hmm. and pay for their sin. Uh, but they still anticipate him to come again. Yeah. And and keep the promise in Genesis 12, Genesis 15, Genesis 17. I don't know if I missed a passage in there.
2: No, yeah, you got them all.
1: Yeah, and the so, kingdom promise yeah. and was first or second Samuel, you know, Chronicles, all yeah. the all the fun stuff. Well,
2: and what he's getting at this nation is still vibrant to this day. Mm -hmm. The church didn't replace Israel. We don't hold to that. There's uh, groups that do hold to that. And part of the reason was there wasn't a land. Mm -hmm. Well, in 1948, there's a land that came back. So it's really challenged a lot of people on what what is going on with end times in this nation. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So people, people look at Genesis, you know, 12 and 15, they look at these borders that were given for a land and Israel would occupy this land. Well, from AD, what, 70, Pastor Dave, on, there's no one in the land. Yeah. Israel's not a nation. It's not a nation. And so you're like, well, how can that be fulfilled and how can that happen? Well, 1948, you have (laughs) post World War II, Jews exiting from the Holocaust and the persecution, going back to their land. And all of a sudden, the UN decides you know, that's their land. Mm. Right. And and it's not a Muslim land, it's a Jewish land and gives them that chunk. And all of a sudden it's like, well, maybe God is going to keep his promise. Yeah. You know, and that's, what's unique to this time is that um, there's thousands of years where people could say they never knew Israel as a a physical country. Right. And we can say, you know, in our lifetime, we've, that's all we've known.
0: So that's something that probably a lot of our listeners take for granted. I know I do. Like, I mean, as long as we've been alive, I don't know how old you are. Yeah. But oh, yeah. As 20, 20, 27. <laughs> 27. Uh, yeah. So as long as as long as long we've been alive, then we've had a nation of Israel. Yes. And, they, and we've right. known where they're located, and it is a nation yep. as it operates, a sovereign land, a people group all by itself. Uh, that's Let something me, that we take for granted, but what you're yeah. saying is for almost 2,000 years, that didn't exist. Yep. And that's, that's a pretty unprecedented wild thing that if after almost 2,000 years, a nation can regroup, reform, and reestablish itself in its original spot.
2: Well, it's even crazier. This is the second time they wow. were taken away in 586 B.C. by the Babylonians. True, yeah. Yep. Daniel they came and, back yeah. to the land. This is the second time in all of, all of history that a country or a group got their land back. So yeah. it's not once; it's twice. And so that's even crazy to think about when you, yeah, consider that. So,
0: that's amazing. Yeah, so it's they, almost like somebody's, yeah, sovereign. Yeah, someone, yes. of this someone's some totally stream. in control of this. Yeah. You know? <laughs>
1: well,
2: so yes. we're living in some amazing times. I mean, yeah. w- people 100 years ago, they were trying to figure out what Scripture's talking about when it's talking about Israel. Hmm. And I think I mentioned to you earlier that I really see the book of Revelation as a very Jewish book. It talks about the Jews, talks about the land, talks about the people. And so um, they've got their nation back and there's just some crazy things going on right now. Mm -hmm. They have a ton of enemies, 300 million enemies, so.
1: That is absolutely true. And I think that's important. Again, when you look at Romans 11, he's like, you know, yeah, because of their unbelief, they were broken off, but don't think that God won't bring them back because mm-hmm. God is kind and mm-hmm. God keeps His promise. He keeps His promise, you know. And so there, I think some people took that to mean, "Well, God, yeah, He's done with them." Mm-hmm. It's like, no, God's timing. What do the scriptures tell? It's different than our timing. His yeah. ways are higher than our ways, and and so it, it was unique. You start reading, all of a sudden, there's this scramble in theology now. Oh, what do we do? They're all They're a nation. We better start, you know, figuring <laughs> yeah. this out. Oh, this was real. This yeah, is this literal. Is, this is yeah. literal. Yes. Yeah.
0: Well, okay. So let's 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 switch gears just for a second. Um, when when we see the tragedies that have occurred, mm-hmm. when we see um, the uh, not tragedies, I call them atrocities. Yeah. When mm-hmm. we see a terrorist group like Hamas mm-hmm. going in and doing what they did yeah uh within the nation of israel and and we see the outcry and, and we see really the chaos that that creates throughout the whole region as Israel retaliates yeah um for the crimes that were committed against her uh that automatically brings out within the church and among a lot of Christians a lot of end times talk yes, why is that why are we so, why are we all of a sudden talking so much about end times go okay. ahead did you? yeah
2: um <clears throat> I think this is an interesting subject. Oftentimes when a disaster in the world happens, mm-hmm. I think people get very in tuned with the Word of God, and they're saying, well, is, what's going on right now? And they're actually coming from the disposition of themselves. Mm. <laughs> and, and I think they're saying, more, more people I've talked to is, well, should I get right with God? Mm. Because this could be the end, I might see him. The problem with that is that's not what Scripture says. You should be living prepared for him to come at any moment. (laughs) That's a good point. And it's not about, oh, it's starting to happen. Maybe I better change the way I live. No. As a follower of Christ, you should be living for him every day, Mm. 24-7. Yeah. And not thinking, hmm. So I think there's a part that does that. The other group, and I would say as believers, just get intrigued. Mm -hmm. Am I going to go through this stuff or where is our view as a church? Where what do we hold to? And I think that causes questions because the the Bible's clear. We should know the signs of the end of time. Mm. Jesus is clear in all four gospels. Hey, be aware of the signs. Um and we'll touch more on that in a few minutes, but it's this we should know for a couple reasons. And one is to know that God has a complete plan. Mm. He's going to take us home to be with him in eternity. And the reality, we were joking a little bit about this earlier. I don't know if I'll live another day, another minute, another hour, another month, another true. year. That's None true. of us do.
0: We're not guaranteed tomorrow.
2: Yeah, we're not guaranteed at all. And mm. we should be living in preparedness all the time mm. to follow Christ. So I think that question comes up because things get intense. Yeah. And they're what, worried about their comfort. What sure. role
0: What role specifically does Israel play in this, though? Like, how is Israel connected with end times so much for us? Why do we freak out about—anytime you know, anything like this happens in Israel, then we automatically jump to end times. Is, is, yeah. it, is so, Israel a big part of the end times? Yeah, so
1: look, look, look at our timeline, uh, and I think people maybe get confused in their timeline, right? So mm-hmm. God makes a promise uh, in Genesis 3 that through the seed of the woman, he would crush the serpent. And then you see in Genesis 12, 15, 17, he makes a promise to Abraham that through you um, I'll make a great nation and it'll mm. bless all the peoples. So, so you see this word. And then you see David, you know, your king, your king, <clears throat> your throne will rule forever. 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 And so so they are awaiting a king to rule forever from David's throne. And so that's where Israel is very expectant of that king, of that ruler. So then you get to the New Testament, and this is what we just walk through this in Matthew, right? They're trying to force Jesus on the throne. They're like, hey, overtake Rome, do it now, um, because this was a promise made, yeah. right? And so Jesus fulfills, you know, the Genesis 3. He crushes the head of the snake. He overcomes sin. He overcomes death. And then the rest of the New Testament rolls out you get a little bit of, okay, Jesus is going to come back. He's going to gather his church, Mm. right? He's going to gather his bride. And you're told that from that moment, the tribulation starts, right? Seven years. And then after that, Christ will come down to earth and rule, now that promise, from David's throne in Israel. This is when Israel becomes a part of it. So, like, are we living in that time? Mm. Is this the last thousand years where Jesus sits on the throne. So I think what people do categorically is they want to jump into the tribulation and say, is this the mark of the beast? Do I need to worry about, you know, cryptocurrency? Do I need to worry about, you know, so they have all these anxieties and I I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to follow the antichrist. I don't want to. And so they put themselves uh, in these wars and and in the wrath. And so they get really scared and paranoid instead of looking at, you know, what pastor Dave said is Jesus said, be ready. Mm-hmm. and be ready at all times. And in, in the New Testament, these apostles live in light of it could come at any moment, mm-hmm. you know, that that the father could send the son to go get his bride yeah. and be ready in any and all moments. And so I think that's maybe what happens is people, they know Israel is a part of this process. And so they're looking to kind of jump the gun mm-hmm. or they're anxious or they're afraid maybe they'll fall into... Following a false path or um, doing something they shouldn't. And so all these things come out because Israel is attached in the storyline. Yeah. Mm. That's good. So that's maybe a good segue to
0: to ask the question then. Biblically speaking, when we look at turmoil in the Middle East, when we look at what's happening with Israel, is it safe to assume that the end is soon? Is Jesus coming back like very, very soon? No. No. (laughs) Okay. Um, you heard it from here. Yeah the the,
2: um, the reality is, there was a pastor one time. He said, "I know when the end will happen," and he said, "This it'll be soon." The <laughs> scri- scripture and re- in, in all truthfulness, Scripture says it will be soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been going on for two thousand years. So it's a long soon. Is it yes. in our time frame? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. And, and the Bible's pretty clear. We don't know the time or day.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Jesus warns us about that. Yeah. Um, I think I take that a little differently in the sense of we should see the signs that are going on, but it should still make me passion to live for Christ every day, every moment. Mm. It's not about, wow, uh, what day will it happen? We've had so many false prophets yep. throughout even the evangelical world. There's gr- groups now trying to figure this all out. Um, I think we look for the signs mm. and, The signs are just indicators, but the reality is we go to church. We uh, grow in our relationship with Christ. We disciple people. We get to know his word, and we serve well, Mm -hmm. no matter what's happening. That's good. So, Yeah, I I think that's where I would go on soon.
1: To draw this out maybe to to make a a point Mm -hmm. is you shouldn't be looking in the newspaper going, well, Israel's not at war, so I got an, at least another week to kind of do what I want. And then if I see something happens to Israel, man, I should repent, go to church, mm. tell my mom, um, ask her for forgiveness, make things right with my wife. And I think that's where the danger comes. You start trying to use, move this as a timeline to see how much freedom you have and can I delay doing these things. Jesus is very clear, be ready at every moment, like yeah. a thief in the night. You're ready. Uh, if you knew when the thief was coming, you wouldn't worry until that day. Mm-hmm. And it says, no, be ready every day. And so I think that's where the Christian uh, needs to kind of just calm down a little bit and just be ready every day. Have your relationships in order, right? Yeah. Have your relationship with Christ be a priority every day. Don't look at Israel or anything in the world and think, I got five years, two years, ten days um, to do what I want. And then I'll wait till the day before, go just pray all day, sing lots of songs, and go shout from the rooftops about Christ. You know, be ready and be in order every single day. Yeah,
2: that's well, and that brings me to Matthew 25. I think point out that you've got five virgins ready out of the five that are not ready. Yeah. Give us your thoughts. We're sorry, I'm jumping in, but oh, it's sure. such a great text on being ready. Mm-hmm. That um, you know, Jesus is giving this as you want to read it real as a sign. Go ahead.
1: You want ahead. to start with it? Yeah.
2: He said, "Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the groom. So we got this wedding mm-hmm. scenario that the Jews really understood. Oftentimes, this was at nighttime, and the virgins would light up the path." And he uh, says, five of them were foolish and five of them were sensible. When the foolish took their lamps, they didn't take oil, olive oil with them. But the sensible ones took olive oil in their flask with them. Since the groom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. <laughs> okay? In the middle of the night there there was a shout, here's the groom, come out to meet him. All of those virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. But the foolish ones said to the sensible ones, give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. The sensible ones answered, no, there won't be enough for us and for you. Go instead to those who have and buy oil for yourselves. When they had gone to buy some, uh, I'm sorry, when they had gone to buy some, the groom arrived. Then those who were ready went to him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Mm-hmm. Later, the rest of the version also came and said, Master, Master, open up for us. He replied, I assure you, I do not know you. Mm-hmm. Therefore, be alert because you don't know either the day or the hour. Wow. I think it's a great text. on just saying, are we prepared? Are we yeah. living for Christ now? You can't wait till the last minute. We've talked a lot about that. that yep. Christianity isn't this, I just come when I feel like I want to grow and when things are struggling. It's like, no, you live for Christ the whole time. Mm.
1: Yeah, you're to be actively ready. And this is why Jesus over and over again uses the imagery of the church as the bride. You know, it's developed later in Ephesians and Paul does it, uh, and that he is the bridegroom. Mm-hmm. And in that Jewish understanding, the father sends the son, the groom, when the father's determined he's ready for the bride to be taken. Mm. And so that's why Jesus often answers, you know, only the father knows the day or the hour. That's what they ask him in Acts after he's been resurrected is now the time for the kingdom to be restored. Right. That promise that Davidic king promised. And he says, that's for the father. The mm-hmm. father knows that. And so in this, you have that imagery drawn out f- further that the father will send the son and, and everyone else is to be ready for that moment. Yeah. And what you have here is there's fools that says that they are drowsy and they slept. Hmm. They weren't anticipating and ready so that when they heard the loud cry, they, let's go, let's go. The bride is being taken. And so uh, that imagery, it's why it says be ready. You don't know the day or the hour. So any type of theology you develop about Israel that allows you to know the day or the hour isn't good, and it's antithetical to what the Scriptures tell us. Yeah.
2: Well, and also a a really powerful statement is in 11, or I'm sorry, he says, Master, Master, open up for us, and he replied, I assure you, I do not know you.
1: Yeah, it's powerful.
2: Uh, Christ, I mean... I can't, you know, rely on my family for me to be saved. I can't rely on my church. Yeah. I have to have a relationship with the living God. And five had a relationship. Mm -hmm. They were totally ready. Yep. Um, The other five weren't ready. They were playing a game. Yeah. They're going to say, well, I'll be ready when I need to be.
1: I'll just kind of borrow theirs. Yeah. Right. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you know, I can be saved through my family name yeah. or the, the work of those around me, by association. And you're yeah. like, no, you got to go on your own. Yeah. yeah. So being ready is such an important aspect
0: as you guys have. I mean, as the word clearly puts it out there. Um, Pastor Dave, you had, you had mentioned before, though, that the Bible has also given us signs. It has given us Signs to be able to judge the times, yeah. so to speak. What are some of those signs that would point to us living in the last days? What has what is, what is Scripture said to us that we should be looking for?
2: Well, that's a great question. I think there's so many. One is you get this departure from uh, loving other people to loving self. Mm. Uh, that's clearly Jesus brings up a number of times that we'll become self-focused. Yeah not other focused. And uh, there's a lot of other signs that happen. And I think something we've talked a lot about is those signs are to make us think about God has a plan. Um, I can't tell you if it's going to happen in the next year, 10 years, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Paul couldn't either. Um, but I think what God wants us to be as aware of, one of the biggest signs was the nation getting their land back. Without a
1: doubt.
2: All all of us are living in a time that, you know, prior to 1967, people didn't see that. So Mm -hmm. that's huge. But the question also gets to, when is the sign of the rapture? There's nothing that needs to happen. You know, I've had people go, well, when's the temple going to be built? I have no Mm -hmm. idea. Mm -hmm. Are Jews prepping for it today? Yes. Mm. The Knesset's talking about it. That's never happened either. Wow. Um, if that happens, we've talked about that, it'll probably be World War III. Mm-hmm. Um, that is also the third most holy place in Islam. Mm. So you've got problems. Yeah. Um, those things have to happen, but not to what we call the rapture of the church. God can take us at any moment. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to give people a false hope, too. We get this idea that people are saying, man, it's so nice. I can't wait for him just to take me out of here. There's nothing in scripture saying that we won't go through persecution.
1: Yeah, absolutely true.
2: Everything we've looked at together and talked as a staff is this part of the world is not mentioned in, in times every other continent is, Yeah. (laughs) so you know, we have no idea what's going to happen here. Uh, I do think it's intriguing. There's a lot of unique things going on in Israel. Um I used to always joke and say if somebody burps in Israel it makes front page news. <laughs> yeah. Um this strip of land is very small. Um and right now it's the focus of the world. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, God's doing things? I I definitely do not predict a date or time. I yeah. just say, "Man, live for the Lord now."
1: Amen. I think the the other part of that is, you know, when you look for signs and you you think of Israel, is it, it's hard to always say that's a sign what's going on because what's what's going on in Israel has been happening for thousands of years a good point right because this this isn't a political war this is a religious war yeah right that you have Muslims that would say Abraham through Ishmael right mm-hmm. at that at where the temple is currently located in the Holy of Holies that he offered a sacrifice but it was through Ishmael and the Christians or the Jews would well, that say, would be the
2: Dome of the Rock because the yep. temple actually isn't there Mm-hmm. Right. Right now. So I'm sorry, I just want to clarify. Yes, good the clarification.
1: Dome. The gold dome. Where the Jews would say, no, that Isaac was actually right. offered as a sacrifice. This is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says. And so you have the Quran and the Bible at odds uh, on whose land, whose God uh, was there. Interesting, both would say Abraham, but different sons, right? Mm-hmm. And so from that moment on, you have a war between the Jews and the Muslims over Whose land is this? And so that war has been going on and on mm-hmm. and on and on. And so it's it's not going to be settled, you know, uh, easily. Right. It's going to continue because they believe it's within their religious rights to have that land. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they will at any cost go to things because, you know, from Hamas's perspective, they're executing the will of a law right. to take their rightful place. And so... Uh, the Jews say, "No, that God gave us this land. Like, right. This was a promise, you know, through Abraham. And so that's why I think it, you're always going to see tension there because of those two groups warring over it religiously.
0: Mm-hmm. So let me switch gears here to talk more to the down-to-earth practical things that we see. Um, we're seeing just, uh, you know, a, a whole lot of bloodshed, a whole lot of turmoil on both sides of the same coin here when we have Israelis and we have Palestinians and just seeing all of the things that are going on over there is really difficult. It's hard to see on the news. Um, one question that was brought up to me was, you know, so the, the church is passionate about Israel, um, the, very passionate about Israel, obviously. I mean, God yeah. made his promises. We've, we've just established all of this. Um, do the Palestinians matter too? Because it seems like the, the church is, comes out in full support of Israel in this, in this you know, specific situation, but it seems like in almost every situation, that we can come out in full, in full support of Israel. And, and some Christians tend to be a little bit bothered uh, when we don't acknowledge the fact that, but there's also Palestinians, and in mm-hmm. some cases, women and children, yeah. who are dying um, as a result of all of this as well. And it just kind of brings up that question that when it comes to the church and what we believe, do the Palestinians matter as well? and all of this.
1: Yes, and the the answer is yes, that the Palestinians do matter, uh, and that we should pray for them as well. You know, the Bible does not mess around when it says who you're to pray for, right? You're to Mm -hmm. pray for your family, for your brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, the orphans, the widows, uh, even your enemies, Mm -hmm. right? And so there's, there's never a reason to not pray for people. And so we want to be prayerful, uh, for, for the Palestinians. You know, I was in Bethlehem and met Palestinian Christians right? mm-hmm. there's actually Palestinian Christians in That's there. Cool. It is yeah. very cool. Uh, and the unfortunate part is that Hamas kind of hides behind yeah. Palestine as a group of people, as a shield, you know, you, you can't attack us. If you attack us, you'll kill these innocent people, mm-hmm. uh, to the point where they try to trap them in there. And so, yeah, there, there is a real, uh, sense that innocent people will be hurt even on the Palestinian side. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and the reality is that God, uh, you know, puts kings in place and presidents and the rule and they're to protect and defend their people. And Israel has a right to protect and defend its people. Right. But in a very true sense, you know, if they cross that line, Mm -hmm. you know, God says that vengeance is His. Mm -hmm. And God will judge the unjustness uh, if Israel does that, just like it it will for, you know, the Palestinian people. Mm -hmm. And so I think we do want to pray for both groups. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for the Jews, you you read Romans 11 and the prayers that that, that God would soften their heart through tragedy, that they would remember God's uh, initial plan for them, his desires that they would be a light to the nations, that they would see Jesus as Messiah. Mm -hmm. Uh, and and oddly enough, that's kind of the same prayer you want to pray for (laughs) the Palestinians is right through tragedy that they would, they would find Christ right, and not a law. Yeah. And not, um, see Islam as a true religion and and see Christ. And you know, what's interesting in this is hopefully there's messianic Jews that are a part of this. Mm -hmm. And, uh,
2: well, we had a phone call. Yeah. Uh, we have a pastor friend that uh, he is Jewish, and he's coordinating a group to go over when they can to go in and care for the Palestinians. Oh, wow! Yeah. And to share the gospel
1: because mm-hmm. he's a Messianic Jew, mm-hmm. and
2: so he's a Messianic Jew. But he's he's passionate about that. And then we've talked about even some other groups that are caring for both. They're I mean, both groups have been devastated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. How does the church stand up and say, wow, how do we care? Yeah. And one thing is we go over, provide food, shelter, and the gospel. Yeah. The gospel is the only solution. That's what this pastor said to us. Without the gospel, you can't fix any of these souls. Yeah.
1: Nothing so, unifies like the gospel of Jesus right. Christ. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. the blessing that Abraham was to take to the nations, yeah. that God made a way to be right with himself through his son Jesus. You know, he's holy, we're sinful. And we can't be made right with the holy God without paying the penalty of that sin. And Jesus does it for us. So that's the blessing to offer the nations. Mm-hmm. And so it's a real chance to offer that blessing to a group of people who, who don't know Jesus as Savior, don't know that they've offended God and need to be right with him through Christ. And so that's a part of the prayer. Yeah. You know, uh, Through tragedy, people would come to know Jesus. Uh, you know, He prayed that Israel would be wise in the way it responds. Mm-hmm. Um, that it would uh, come to a time of prayer as they feel the weight of their decisions and the weight of the way they respond. Right. You know, that they have many people trying to influence what they're going to do, you know, for their own purposes, their own nation's benefit, Mm -hmm. um, that that's an opportunity for them to be a light. You know, so there's lots of opportunities to pray, but I think you pray in light of the original intent that they would be a blessing to the nations. Mm -hmm. Right. So meaning that they would come to know Christ as Lord and savior to be reconciled to a holy God. Yeah. That's good.
0: That's really good. Um, so just to kind of wrap this up as pastors at LBC, what would your desire be for the people here at LBC that our response would be? How would you, what what would be your true heart's desire for how uh, LBC folks would respond? um, Let
2: me start and I'll let you finish it off. Sounds great. Uh, One thing is Eric and I are actually looking at groups that maybe we could donate to, to help. So we're going to, we're vetting those because that one pastor, we, we like him. Mm-hmm. We just want to make sure that we're investing in the right tools. Mm-hmm. Yep. Second thing, without a doubt, is pray for both. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a both. It's not an either or. Um, so I, I think that, that, to me, is a, the passion, is prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, God is doing something, and yeah. we need to be aware of what he's doing, and yeah. we can't close our eyes to it. So.
1: Yeah, I would say my my heart would be twofold. It's really the, the leadership's heart. One, man, I hope this causes you to read your Bible. Mm. Like, don't just take mine and Pastor Dave's word for it. Read Genesis 12, 15, 17, right? Read Romans 9, 10, and 11. Mm. Read Matthew 25. Read 1 Thessalonians 5, right? See these things and see what God says about them, you know? Uh, do a word search on the word Israel and just <laughs> write, look through the Old Testament all the times it's used and see how it's formed. Mm. Uh, you know, read First and Second Samuel, the forming of a nation and a king and God's desire to be you know, Read through these things and really say, okay, wow, Israel isn't some random thing Christians care about. It's a very biblical yeah. um, truth that God chose Israel to, to use them to be a light to the nations and, uh, and that as they've, you know, failed in that, that God uses the church to do that, but it's to continue God's work of being a light to the nations, not to replace Israel, but a continuance and that he'll graft them back in mm. and that the church plays a role in them coming to repentance. You know, even people that don't agree with us theologically maybe would agree that Israel does come to a place of repentance that God keeps his promise to that. Mm-hmm. So that would be one, read your Bible. Two would be that you would be very maybe aware that if you're talking to a Jew, uh, there's there's a way you can talk that is very honoring to them or is very uh, condemning towards them. Mm-hmm. And so the honoring thing is when you say, you know, I, I believe God is going to keep his promise, right? And that you aren't so bad that God would break a promise to you. And I'm special, and, you know, because I'm a Christian, yeah. and God will keep His promise to us, but to not to you. So I think when you when you talk to a Jew in a way that says, "No, I, I've read, I do read the Old Testament, and I do see that," um, but I think where we disagree is on Christ, mm-hmm. that He is the Messiah. You know, I think that 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 conversation looks a lot different when you're able to frame it that way. And I think you know when you come to your Muslim friend, when you can say, "I don't hate you," right? You know, I, I actually pray that you would come to know Christ. And I don't hate Palestine. Um, I hate the evil being committed by yeah. Hamas, yeah. right? And then we hate and we condemn evil always. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean I think every Muslim reflects Hamas. Right. You know what I mean? And I think when you overgeneralize groups of people, it can be very offensive. Yeah. And then that, that, that takes away the ability to share the gospel and talk about the things that really matter. And so just because you see a Muslim, don't assume they're a Hamas supporting right. entity, you know? And when you could show and you know, I'm praying um that they would be spared any type of tragedy, there actually would be peace in that region. Um but to be really honest, I pray they'd know Jesus as Savior. Yeah, it's much more Well important. and I often think
2: yeah. too, when you were saying that, Jesus was a Jew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he died for our sins. That's right. So and he died for the guy killing him. That's right. The Romans. So we we have to keep that right here. I yeah. mean it's not about one group being better than the other group. Right. It's right. about sinners that need to be saved.
0: Amen. That's right. Amen. So hopefully for those of you who are listening or watching Uh, hopefully what you walk away with at the very least is the knowledge that we can't just respond to the things going on in this world, the way that the rest of the world responds. Absolutely. We always want to think biblically who is Christ. Yes. What has he done for us? And how does that elicit a response from us based on God's word and, and the revelation of himself? Um, There's been some, you know, some cool things that were mentioned. So if you have more questions about anything going on within times or any eschatology type stuff, Hey, we've got a class going right now done by Pastor Dave sitting right next to me. Um, right now, 10 a.m. on Sundays, you can come and attend uh, at the 8.30 service and then head straight to his class And what was it again?
1: Room A? 105. A 105. And, and that'll be for the next, I think, six weeks. Yep. And I would encourage you to to leverage the resource that is pastor dave he's more than a pretty face <laughs> no. okay. you know he is yeah, also a, a, too, a, a knowledgeable man that that i go to often and i'll say hey uh hey pastor dave what, what do you think about this because uh, mm. he's studied it quite a bit and has a really good handle on the timeline and the events and um what different sects of judaism of thought and mm. jewish beliefs and he's read rabbis and and he's only 27, so I don't know how he knows all this, <laughs> but he, does, he just does. And so I would encourage the church to resource him the way I, a lot of our staff, and, and yeah. I do as well. Yeah, good. Well, why don't we close out with this. Pastor Eric, do you mind just closing
0: us in prayer? Absolutely. And we'll take some time to pray for the nation of Israel, uh, for everything going on over there.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, well, I think we'll close out our time that way. Okay. Uh, dear Jesus, uh, we thank you uh, that you know all things. And uh, when we think of things like war, it's hard for us to comprehend how and why. And uh, I just thank you that you are completely in control and know all things. Uh, You understand everything and you know everything that's going to happen and you are are not caught off guard. Mm. So our prayers that we would trust you in in hard times when we see hard things and we can't understand. Uh, I pray that uh, through tragedy, people would come to know you and love you. Uh, that you would soften hard hearts, uh, that you would draw people back to yourself, uh, that there would be a repentance and a turning and change of heart uh, in Israel uh, through the Jewish people. And, and we pray for the Palestinian people as well. Mm. Uh, through tragedy, that they would cry out and see that you're the true God, um, that Christ is the way to salvation, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, I pray, God, that this would draw our need to read our Bibles, uh, to see what you promised from the Old to the New Testament. It's one story that you're working your plan. You had a plan from the very beginning, from Genesis uh, to the end, Revelation. And so I pray that we would just read our Bibles, that we would pray for those being persecuted. We'd pray for people who have evil happening against them. Mm. Uh, we'd pray for Israel as they're making decisions and their response, that you'd give them wisdom, the uh, discernment, uh, that, that your kindness would lead them to repentance. And we pray as a church that we would be supportive, that we would not be haughty or arrogant, mm. uh, find ourselves better, uh, that we would demean or hate people, that we would pray for those who are doing evil, that we would mm-hmm. pray for those who are having evil done to them. And his just pray as a church, Lord, that we would reflect you well as your children, that we would hold up Christ high, that we love him, and we serve him and him only. Mm-hmm. And so we pray this all to your glory. We thank you for the forgiveness of sins through Jesus, and pray that we would just trust you in hard times. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Well, hey, again, special thank you to Pastor Dave and Pastor Eric for joining us today. Hey, the LBC Podcast is a ministry of Laurel Glen Bible Church in Bakersfield, California. It's like I'm telling you guys this for the first time, looking in your eyes. That's right. Um, Did you know that? Uh, We would love to see you face-to-face, to to have you join us on a Sunday morning, to worship with us, to hear your voice singing in the crowd, to hear a hearty amen to Pastor Eric or Pastor Dave's sermons. Uh, You can join us every Sunday, 8.30 a.m. and 10 a.m. And we have Bible classes at the 10 a.m. hour, like eschatology. Uh, We would love to see you there. And until then, be ready. (laughs) Be ready, be ready, be ready until Christ comes again. And we hope to see you face-to-face one day. God bless.